Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And Phil, are you ready to get fast and furious tonight? I certainly am. The light's currently on red, but I'm waiting for it to turn green and then we're going to just pump our foot to the gas and, you know, mess with the, the gears and the drivey wheelie thingy. And then we're going to go. That, that sounds good to me. Yeah. So as we all know, longtime listeners of the, of the show know, I'm a big fan of the Fast and Furious movies. Phil somewhat enjoys them, not as much as I, I do. I, I enjoy them because they're just stupid, stupid fun. And they, they, yeah, they, yeah, they right. Get more they're ridiculous. They go on. And also I like uh, Vin Diesel. <laughs> family. <laughs> exactly. Because he just seems to be growling more and more. And I think the next <laughs> right. film, he'll just be going... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's pretty accurate. He's just going to turn into the Iron Giant. Um, well, uh, so so we, you know, with uh, there is a new Fast and the Furious movie of sorts around the corner as we're recording this, and it's Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, which I would be lying if I said I wasn't giddily excited about because every time I see the trailer, yeah. I just get a giant grin on my face, like I'm, you know, a six year old. So because of that, we wanted, we figured that inspired us to share our top five list for this mini episode. Phil, tell people what that is. Yes, we're going to be looking at our top five movie cars. So the film, they're the cars that we see in the films. There's many films have many cars, so it's been a tricky list to do. Uh, and on another day, it'd probably be a bit different. But yeah, we're looking at classic, cool movie cars and our favorite ones. Yes, indeed. Now, I don't know about you. Did you have any criteria for putting your list together? Uh, I just tried to stick with actual cars in my own mind instead of, you know, ones which might have been you know, made, you know, well, I know it wasn't a film, but, you know, like Knight Rider's Kits, things like that. Right. Although that was based that was based on an actual car. But you, you know what I mean? I just tried to go with the more realistic cars in my head. Makes sense. Yeah. What about you? I did largely the same, actually, which is why I'm going to start my list off with an honorable mention. But I'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah. My only kind of, you know, self criteria was I felt like the car sort of had to be a character in the film. And I don't mean like an actual character, like, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. a cool looking car, but a car that, that was a part of the movie that had an impact on the film beyond just being like, oh, look, a pretty car just drove by. Yeah. yeah. You know, something that was kind of identifiable. So yeah. that was sort of my internal criteria. Yeah, that's fair. I think it works out as well. It's because the, the ones that were in my mind were the ones which win like, uh, if not the majority of the film, but a good chunk of it. At the very least. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they all appear in different amounts, but to me, they were they were all cars that had an impact on the movie as they weren't just, hey, this is cool looking. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah that's a good good way of doing it. Uh, so do you want to kick things off then with your honorable mention? Yeah, so my, my honorable mention won't be a big surprise to anybody. It was going to be on my list, but it, then it didn't fit the rest of the list. So my honorable mention is Lightning McQueen. Of course, from Pixar's <laughs> Cars trilogy, um, and I really was going to include oh, him because Mike, Mike, I, Mike, Mike. I, I love the character of Lightning McQueen. I think he's a great car design. I found it interesting that when I, you know, when I was watching some of the special features on Cars, all of the cars in the movie are based on real cars, except for Lightning McQueen. Because none of the car companies wanted to have their car being kind of like a jerk. <laughs> uh, so they sort of designed oh, him. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. So he's like kind of a brand new design based on like sort of your, you know, Corvette type of thing, you know, those kind of sports cars, but it isn't an, any actual particular car. 
Um, so I thought that was interesting. So, but again, I then I, I when I did the rest of the list, it didn't really fit because all of my other cars are real cars from you know real movies, not yeah yeah uh, anthropomorphic objects. So so he's a, an honorable mention because I love Lightning McQueen and I think you know it's a great design, but not an actual entry on my list. That's no, that's nice. I like that. That's a good honorable mention. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So my number five is the truck from Jeepers Creepers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's the 2001 horror film starring Justin Long. And here's the reason why it made my list, because it's not a pretty looking car. But the the first half of Jeepers Creepers is, is just some seriously scary movie making. You know, it's these kids out in the country on a highway and there's this really creepy truck that kind of comes and it sort of messes with them and it disappears and then it's got dead bodies in it and, you know, this crazy driver and all that. But it's so... It's so like distinct looking. It's this beaten, like rusty old sort of like almost looks like an old, uh, you know, medical hospital ambulance from like the 30s or something weird like that. But it's so memorable looking to the point where here we are 18 years later. And if my wife and I are out like and we see some like really dilapidated, like old truck, I'm like, look, it's a Jeepers Jeepers Creepers truck. You know what I mean? Like that's still my point of reference. Yeah. yeah. Even after all this time, when I see a creepy van or creepy truck, it's like Jeepers Creepers, (laughs) you know. Um, and then they use it in the sequels still, too, that it, it's become almost as identifiable as the monster himself in the Jeepers Creepers movies. So um, I just really like it. I thought it was a really scary looking truck. Like, it's just it's enough of a character that when you see the truck itself, it makes you creeped out because they did such a good job of making this truck look creepy. So that's my number five. Excellent choice. Uh, mine's similar in that it's a truck, but it's not that one. It's the uh, it's the Peterbilt 281 from... Uh Steven Spielberg's 1971 film Duel. Uh, I had a feeling that might be on your list, actually. Yeah, yeah. Which again, it's uh it's not necessarily a car, but it's like it's the big, it's the big truck, which is basically the shark of the film. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we went into, we went into great detail on this well a few times, but we did went after the ending back in episode five on the main episode. That's such a long time ago. But I always like this one because you'd never see the driver. The truck is. And you know you could watch it and you could just go well it's just a truck it could be like maximum overdrive style it's just that, that's the one that's doing it although you do see an arm of the guy but it's just this it's menacing it's dirty it's dark it's powerful and you you feel like you know you haven't got hope in hell and it's uh, that's my number five yeah very good pick thank you i like it yeah i i, I considered it i didn't put it on my list but i definitely said i think uh, there might be a chance this is on <laughs> on films but interesting we both started off with sort of uh yeah the bad guy trucks for our number yeah, five. yeah yeah definitely well i get more cheerful i get more cheerful from there uh my number four is the 2015 tartan prancer from uh the vacation remake okay, starring yeah, ed yeah. helms and christina applegate and uh it's man i'm telling you what i love that movie it's really funny but a lot of the humor comes from he rents this car it's from the balkans uh and it's this this the tartan prancer which no one's of course ever heard of because it's fictional <laughs> um but it does all these crazy things at one point he ends up driving backwards and what's great about it is they did as a promotional thing they did a like a car review pitting the oh, okay. Tartan Prancer against the Honda Odyssey. And um, <laughs> I just want to read you a, a choice selection real quickly uh, from the section on the Prancer LE. Go on. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Here we go. Oh, here we go. With the new Prancer, Albania's auto industry has entered the North American market heading both forward and backward. In fact, the most immediately apparent innovation featured on the Prancer is that it looks much the same from either the back or the front. That includes side rear view mirrors, for both nose and tail, whichever might be which. The upholstery brings back the luxurious ribbing of corduroy, 
alongside the classic fabric patterns of a 1970s shower curtain. Even the simplest controls are marked cryptically. The driver never knows what will happen by pressing a button marked with a rabbit, or a t-shirt, <laughs> or a duck, or a sailboat. What does happen? Honestly, not much. Which makes the Prancer that much more intriguing. It's really clever. They did a whole, like, you know, versus car review. But it's it's a really funny car everything that can go wrong with this car does yeah. and it, it's you know you really have to see the movie but if you've seen the movie you'll remember the car because it's such a big part of it and i love it so i had to include it on my list oh excellent i like it when you do do stuff like that uh, just just adds to it doesn't it yes yes it does okay good choice okay my number four it's uh it's the ford gran torino which is featured in many films including clint eastwood's gran torino and it was also uh the dude's car and the big lebowski right uh, various different yeah, yeah uh, models of it but uh, the one i'm going for is from uh the 2004 film Starsky and Hutch, it's the 1976 Ford Gran Torino because mm. I always loved the TV show. Uh, the film itself, uh, it was one of the few ones where it sort of kind of worked, even though it was a bit too comedy, but I, I quite enjoy watching it. But it's the, it's, I always watch Starsky and Hutch anyway for the car because yeah. it's, you know, it's iconic. It's that red car with the white stripe coming down the side. It's car chases and everything. And it's, it's, it's what basically uh, defines the, the show. Uh, and it's again we saw it i'm glad in the film they did keep the car it was the same model car and everything like that yeah uh, they didn't try and update it like in uh, transformers or anything like that it was the, it was the, the that car and when you see it on the screen it's just it's iconic and it's amazing and it's one of those ones you just go oh, i want that car i really want that car <laughs> but then you realize you're driving down especially over here in england you know we haven't got the roads for it but uh yeah that's my my number four because it's fast it's furious <laughs> and it's got that white stripe down the side which looks so cool yeah yeah and it's a small little thing when i was in there uh, traveling peru went to the city of cusco there was lots of the cars there or like old american cars and all had like that saying stripe going down the side really but in, in different colors as well but loads of them had it i don't know why huh but it's just it was crazy me and my dad walking around and suddenly going oh these cars oh there's another one oh my god it's Starsky and Hutch what's going on but it's uh, that's, uh, that's my number four very good pick I like it thank you alright well my number three is the Ectomobile from Ghostbusters of nice. course nice uh, and you know it's um, I mean speaking of iconic movie cars everyone knows the, you know the Ectomobile it, it was it was a hearse it got painted with the Ghostbusters you know logo and colors and it's got all the equipment on the top and everything it's got that siren that you can't mistake the sound of yeah and uh, you know it's just perfect fits with the character of the movie it perfectly fits with ray's character buying it way overpaying for it uh and then somehow still turning it into something that's kind of cool i even have the lego set of the uh of the ectomobile it's one of the few legos that i've gotten in recent years that didn't go right to my son you know but the <laughs> I <bought laughs> yeah yeah, for myself. yeah i've got that same lego set up here that I'm looking right at right exactly so uh so yeah that's my number three the ectomobile from ghostbusters kind of an easy pick in my opinion yeah, very good. A nice choice. I didn't make my list pure, just purely because there's lots of other cars. Sure. Yeah, my number three is the uh, 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California Spider from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, it's, that's 19, 1986, the film. Uh, this one, the, the car itself isn't actually in it that much compared to the other cars on our list, but it's it's one of the driving forces behind the, the film. It's one of the things which keeps things going. And it is, you know, if you have got that car available to drive, you do want to drive it instead of keeping it in the museum uh it's just it's one of the cool well lots of ferraris are cool this one's really cool uh but the cameron ferris and sloan go for a drive and then we see the two car park attendants going for a drive and it's driving it you know fast and up in the air 
but it's uh, it had some good scenes. But as I say, it's the car itself. It was the reason. It was Cameron's Cameron's enemy, or just Cameron's way of getting back at his father. And it was a big part of the plot. And it's just it just looks so nice and so cool. <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, it's it's one of the top ten most expensive cars of all time, apparently. Oh it's wow, that rare. But uh, that's uh, that's Very my number three. Excellent pick. Well, I'll tell you what, my number two is the exact same car. Oh, nice, nice. Yep, yep. The, it's the Ferrari from Ferris Bueller. Uh, you know, for all the reasons that you said, of course. Uh, the things that that stood out for me the most were uh, in, in the scene where the parking lot attendants take it for you know a ride, and they go over that hill in slow motion with the Star Wars theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a kid, I was like, yes, it's Star Wars. You know, that was just so cool. But what I really do love about it, like you said, it's not in the film that that much, but it is integral to the plot. But it also really, it brings home the most emotional moment of the movie, I think, which is yeah, Cameron yeah. finally deciding to stand up to his dad after, you know, they do the whole thing. When you realize the speedometer is, has, has, you know, this added miles and they're trying yeah, to go yeah. backwards with it and it's not working and he starts to kick the car. And then, of course, you know, it flies out of the garage into the, like the first time you see that, you're like, oh my God, yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah, can't believe yeah. that happened. And I like that, that John Hughes had the, the, the guts to do that. You know, I think a safer choice would have been to to have them figure out a way to fix it and Cameron not get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think it was such a brave choice to have him have to to stand up to his dad in, in this car that had been a surrogate child for his dad, basically. You know, it is it is part of the emotional heart of that movie for me. And that's why it's my number two. Yeah, an excellent choice. Yeah, I mean, we went after the ending of First Bueller's Day Off back in episode 28. Very good. Okay, my number two is... Uh... It could well be on your list as well, but it is the 1981 DeLorean DMC-12 from a tr- uh, trilogy of films, Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3. Very good. Uh, not much more needs to be said from this, is that it's just, you know, if you're going to make a time machine, it's better to make it out of a DeLorean instead of a fridge, <laughs> which is what they right. to be the original plans. But uh, as lots of people probably know, it wasn't the best car, not the most reliable car, a bit of a mess, to be honest, but it just looks so damn cool. Right. Especially when it's as the films go on, it gets all more and more gadgets, Mr. Fusion on the back and things like that. And it comes, you know, it's it's covered in ice, it's just and there's electricity crackling around it, and it's got the cool consoles inside. It's just everything about it is cool, apart from the fact that DeLorean is a crap car. Right, right. But it looks amazing and it's just it made it made the film. If it they'd picked any other car, film still would have been good. But I think the DeLorean is the the, the icing on the delectable cake that is Back to the Future. Yes, agreed. Uh, well, once again, you've stolen my thunder, uh, <laughs> as my number one is also the time machine from Back to the Future. And I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead, just to differentiate a little bit, I'll say it's from Back to the Future 2, because that was the one where it could fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it would hover, and then the wheels would turn in, and it could fly. And, you know, the idea of a flying car for my young self, of course, was the coolest thing in the world. But but here's here's why I picked it for a couple reasons. First of all, it's just absolutely iconic. I mean, you see the yeah. DeLorean. Nobody can ever see a DeLorean any anymore without thinking of Back to the Future. I mean, they are just, they're, you know, linked for time immemorial. You know what I mean? Totally. But the DeLorean time machine for me was the first time I ever got obsessed with a car. I'm not a giant car guy. I never have been. I'm just not one of those people. Yeah, me neither. neither. Right. Who's really into cars that much. That was the first time I saw a car and was like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing. I want one of those. And for years after that movie came out, you know, I wasn't old enough to drive. 
but I wanted, I was like, my car first, I'm going to get a DeLorean, which I never did, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, just the way the doors opened up was like the coolest thing in the world. And, and you still would see one back then on the right, you know, on, on the road every once in a while. And whenever I saw one, it was just like, it was like, oh my God, you know, it was just such a big moment for me. So, yeah. so that's why I picked it. It's an icon and it just was one of the first cars that really had an impact on me as a, as a kid and as a moviegoer. So that's my number one. Excellent. Yeah, I remember like a few years back going through the Mersey Tunnel and going the opposite way for me was a DeLorean going through the tunnel. And all I could think of was the scene, you know, in the first film with the tunnel. Going, oh, my God, what's going on? This is crazy. Right, right. It's just when, when you, whenever you see them, yeah, you're right. You just go back to the future. It's a time machine. That's a time machine. Exactly. Good choice. And you'd be you on built a time machine out of a DeLorean. <laughs> it's awesome. So great. Okay, but uh, that was your number one, my number two. So now I'm curious because I had a feeling maybe that would be your number one as well. So now I want to know what your number one is. Well, my number one is a film from 1983 directed by John Carpenter and based on a Stephen King ah, okay. uh, novel. <laughs> and it's the, the 1958 Plymouth Fury, the most one of the most evil cars in existence. Yep. It is Christine. Yes, very good. The beautiful, red, deadly Christine. And I don't know, I've always liked the old style American cars like that, but it was this this one, the film itself, it, again, it's not it's not one of the best films, but it's the way they, they give the car character in lots of different different touches, mainly lots of the way it's just the, the, the camera angle where it's shot, just, just the way the lights come on and the way the music plays. But the bit when it's all wrecked and it's back in the garage and the kid goes, just looks at it and goes, show me, and then it just repairs itself. Yeah great scene but it's just it just i just love the style of it and the look of it and i just always wanted one yeah it's the class classic americana kind of thing in my mind it just just oozes cool but probably didn't get very many miles to the gallon to be honest but uh <laughs> right i just like and if you if it definitely is a character i mean the film's named after it oh yeah it's yeah. that uh and when it's when you see it going down you know it's driving after the guy chasing after him and it's you know it's covered in flames it's just yeah yeah that's my number one christine car from hell yeah great pick you know it's funny because i was thinking of that scene you mentioned where the car like puts itself back together and yeah. i just watched the movie again i don't know in the last year sometime yeah and uh i was impressed at how well that scene holds up actually the effects in that oh it scene does doesn't it yeah yeah of how of this car like rebuilding itself and all these dents coming out of it and everything you know with no cgi or anything it's really a cool scene yeah, uh, yeah. like you said the movie yeah. itself is kind of up and down I, I like it i don't it's not my favorite john carpenter film but um but that scene really does hold up, and I still look at it going, "How the heck did they do that?" You know, it's yeah. it's very neat. Yeah, very good. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's our lists. All right, there you go. That is a, a fast and furious list, if you will, of the top, you know, five movie cars. A couple overlaps, which I think was to be expected, but not too many. Just one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good cars. A fun list. Now I want to go driving really fast. <laughs> yes, yes. But don't do that, people, and don't drink or drive. Right. Always put your right. seatbelt on. Always wear your seatbelt. Yeah. yeah. Mirror signal <laughs> maneuver. Oh yeah. Put put your indicators on, or you whatever you yes. call them over in the, the US. What you call that? Yes, yeah, turn turn signal. Always put your indicators on or your turn signals on. Always do that because I hate when people don't do that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Well, that is our list and that is our episode. So we're going to wrap things up now. As always, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the ending. And Phil, are you ready to get fast and furious tonight? I am. I've got my... The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good stuff. All right, there you go. Well, that is our list, and that is our episode. So we're gonna wrap things up now. Uh, but that's gonna, and that's gonna, yeah. So we're gonna wrap things up now, and that's gonna do. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so in my dream last night, 
there I was at like a small comic book convention and there was uh, like a reuniting of the Power Rangers, right? Okay. So it was it was all these all the Power Rangers actors like all together on stage, except you were the White Ranger. Holy crap. Now okay. now here's the thing. But you weren't there. And I was like, well, is Phil Skyping in for this? Because all the other Power Rangers are here. Like, where is Phil? And then and then for some reason, even though I was just attending the conference, it was like, oh, maybe I should have told him what time the panel was at. <laughs> so then I was like, but the best part, the best part of the whole thing was you ever see one of those photos where there's like five or six like kids like laying on the ground and like they have all their heads together and their bodies out. So they make like a circle yeah, right, yeah, with their yeah. heads. Right. Yeah. And then they kind of like they spread out like a flower you know, and the shots from overhead. Well, there was a picture of all of you guys as the Power Rangers in your costumes with no helmets on, <laughs> but you're all laying like that in like a circle of Power Rangers, except they were all teenagers and you were you as you look now with like <laughs> the white beard and everything. That would be well done, which, <laughs> which even in my dream, I thought that was pretty darn funny. Oh my picture God. Of, you wow. of like, you know, middle-aged Phil, like in a white Power Ranger costume, like laying down like Mr. Sunshine with all these teenagers <laughs> in a circle. It was very funny. Yeah, and I, just, I just had that little bit of a belly as well, just in the Power Rangers suit going, come on, let's go get him. Uh, I'll catch up. Yeah, so I had to share that with you because I thought I don't know where that came that's from, an, but I, thought, I woke up, I woke up like chuckling. I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs>